So, what do I give the church as a gift? 16 years. Well, it has to be a poem. So here it is. I spent my last week thinking of a gift to search for our thanks to express to this amazing church. What could I give to people so sublime? All I could think of is one more rhyme. 16 years at Mission Hills. So many memories, adventures, and thrills. Baptisms, communions, and people to marry, meetings and coffees, and burdens to carry. So many memories that warm up the heart. It's hard to think of them all, so where do I start? Well, Lynn's Cheesecake, of course, and all the potlucks, and all of the meetings at all the Starbucks, Sid and his coffee, Teresa's butter tarts, Bob's pulled pork always lifted the hearts, all the farmers after church talking cows and hay. Seriously, you guys could go on for days. Dave Walker and Jackie, you two were so great. Sorry my expenses were always so late. June's big hugs, Elska's so willing hands. Then there's Jerry. Would someone get this guy some pants? <laughs> the list goes on, but I can't name you all. If I did, we'd all be here till the fall. The campouts were epic at the end of summer. Then COVID came along. Now that was a bummer. Empty church, church on a screen. Looking back, it was quite obscene. But not all of it was a big bag of harm. How cool was it to have church at the De Young's farm? All this to say, to God, we are thankful. The grace we experienced here could fill a whole bank full. But the best part of all was year after year, we all knew for sure that Jesus was here. No matter the week, how good or how bad, sorry, how good or how hard, we could always come here and give it to the Lord. All this to say, this is such a special place, full of joy, God's peace, and Jesus' grace. From our family to yours, we are grateful to God to have been able to be a part of this incredible bod. So from Jill and I, Ben, Noella, Sarah, Sarah, and Nate, thank you all for being so great. Amen. Thank you. So I'm going to... Yeah, I, I'd love the kids to stay, because I'm going to tell a story. I know some of you at the camp out, you heard the story. Um, I'm going to say a prayer, and we're going to do a story. It's not going to be long. I'm going to read a passage, and um, I'll get into that in a little bit. So let's pray. God, we thank you. I thank you that I could feel so honored. It's been a journey, and you have been a good shepherd. I pray for this church. It is such a special place. And I pray that his best days were ahead of her. God, we think of those who are hurting. And we think of so many people who don't have a church. It's so sad. And we ask God that, <clears throat> that churches like this, with such special people, will be able to still be able to reach out and grow and, and people can find you in it. So I pray for the next sheepdog. I pray that... This person is ready to fit the needs of this awesome little church. I pray that even now you might be speaking and stirring, which might mean there might be some hurt in another church coming. God, protect this church in your name.
And please bless it. And now as we go to this little story and this great passage, may we remember who it's always all about. In your name, amen. So I'm going to move this. Hi, Jerry. I was talking about you. You You made a line in my phone. So Jesus is a great teacher. And Jesus would walk around... And we know this. He would come to different places and he'd start teaching. And the places that he was at, they would become an object lesson. And one of those places was undoubtedly a pasture where there was some sheep and where there was a gate so that he could get in the pasture. And Jesus thought, this is a darn good place to teach my disciples. This is a great place to teach a lesson about me and about them. And so Jesus says, I tell you the truth. The man who doesn't enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The man who enters by the gate is the shepherd of his sheep. The watchman opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they'll never follow a stranger. In fact, They'll run away from him because they do not recognize the stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but they didn't understand what he was telling them. So Jesus said again, I tell you the truth, I'm the gate for the sheep. All who ever come before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I'm the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pasture. You see, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand isn't the shepherd who owns the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep. My sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father... And I lay down my life for the sheep. So the story I'm going to tell you today has shaped my life. And I first found it when I was an intern in a little town of Telqua, B.C., in the beautiful region of northern B.C. I was lonely. The girl in the black toque and black jacket was not in my life yet. And I was just an intern in a, in a uh, what do they call the church houses? Parsonage. And I was really wondering how this was all going to go. God, were you, are you leading me here? I don't know how I found it. I don't know if it was a church library or I don't know if it was a Christian bookstore or someone gave it to me, but I found a little book called um, Lessons from a Sheepdog. And so I read this story and I, I felt as though Jesus was telling me the story personally. A man by the name of Philip Keller was a sheep herd, shepherd. He had grown up in Africa as a missionary, and in that time, his father raised up cattle, and he was renowned. And so naturally, Philip wanted to do the same thing. And so after a while, he moved, I think his roots were in Vancouver Island, he moved back to Vancouver Island, and he bought a forsaken piece of land that was, um, it was owned by the bank, he bought it cheap, but it was a beautiful piece of land that jetted out into towards the ocean. 
You could see the waves as they crashed in. And it was on the southern Vancouver Island. After he had bought the property, he couldn't afford the cattle. So what was he going to do? Well, he wanted to be, he wanted to be, oh no, he, he got his degree in husbandry and he, he wanted to, he wanted to raise animals. So he bought sheep. Well, after a while he bought these sheep, he realized that he needed help around the farm. Well, the best thing, and every, every shepherd knows this, the best help you can get is a border collie. They are hardwired, designed to take care of sheep alongside a human being who also takes care of sheep. So Philip Kellard scoured the newspapers. He, he was in an area where there's lots of uh, uh, sheep pastures. And he found a little article in the paper that said, uh, uh, Sheepdog desperately needs new home, chases cars, bicycles. Um, and so he's like, oh, okay, well, I'll, I'm going to look into that. So he took his old rusty pickup truck and he kind of weaved his way through all of these uh, gravel roads um, on the South Island. And he came into this, uh, this small little property. The woman didn't have sheep. And he got to the property and he saw this dog being tied up. One chain around its foot. One chain around its neck. And as he went towards the door, the dog snarled. And the dog raged. And he went to the door and he heard the story, and she said, look, I, he is just, or, or, or it was a she, her name was Lass. She is absolutely broken. I don't know what to do. I can't train her. No one can train her. And he somehow knew that he might have a chance with this dog. And so he said, this dog is so beautiful, but I just want you to know, I will give six weeks to this dog, and if I cannot train this dog, then I will bring this dog back and you will destroy this dog. So they went over. He went to the dog. The dog gnashed his teeth, tried to, to, you know, tried to take a chunk out of him. And somehow they awkwardly put the dog in the back of this crate, in the back of this pickup truck. And he drove this rusty old pickup truck back through the windy roads. And he came to his homestead, his ranch. Took the dog out, tied the dog up, put the food out, brand new food, sparkling water. Dog wouldn't eat. Dog wouldn't drink. Anytime he tried to talk quietly to the dog, the dog wouldn't respond. Oh, boy. So it went on like this for three or four or five days. And then Philip Keller talked to his wife, and he said, Honey, there's only one thing we can do. We've got to let this dog go. And so with gloves in hand and a little bit of protection, because he knows he was going to get nipped and bit at, he un leashed the dog from the tie that bound him and the dog took off right into the forest oh boy every day for a few days philip keller got in his truck he drove around asking the other people and other ranchers have you seen my dog have you seen lass have you seen i don't know where lass is well he had an idea i'll make sure that there's food and there's drink behind the barn. And so behind the barn was this outcrop. Just above the barn, there's this rocky outcrop. And at some point, four or five weeks in, Philip Keller noticed that the dog would come. He would sit on this outcrop and he'd look at the sheep. And then he'd go back in the forest. He'd started eating. He started drinking. And then every couple days or so, Philip Keller would see the dog. He'd come out of the forest, 
sit on the outcrop, look at the sheep. His interest was growing in the sheep. He was starting to be interested in the sheep. Well, it wasn't really soon enough for Philip Keller, of course. He would rather the dog be interested earlier in sheep. And he didn't know what to do. But he kept the food there. And he kept the water there. The dog was eating the food and drinking. And so long past six weeks, which was the day that the dog would have to go back to be terminated, long after that, he hung with it. But the day was soon to come because he couldn't spend all his time on this dog. He needed to get someone to help him on his farm. Something that could help him rally the sheep and round the sheep. Well, on one particular day, he said he was, he was sitting on an old stump well into one of his pastures. He was sitting on there and he said it was the most glorious sunset he had ever seen. He said the light was changing. There was oranges and yellows and a little bit of reds. And the light was bouncing all the way. And he, he said it was just this heavenly moment. And as he sat there, to his total surprise, he felt a little wet nose on his hand. The dog was his. He said, from that moment on, the dog would not leave me. Anytime I was out of sight, even to his disobedience when he should have been with the sheep, he would walk around to make sure he saw his shepherd. Now, Philip had to train him that just because he was out of sight doesn't mean he wasn't there. There were times when Philip Keller had to go for a few days, and whenever he went, the dog would not eat. The dog would not drink until he came home. The dog became more valuable, Philip Keller says, than five hired hands. Now, we all know this happened in 1930. Dogs don't live forever. They come and they go. Now, why that story resonated to me is because when you put all this pressure on yourself to be a shepherd, God has to remind you, you're not the shepherd. You're the sheepdog. And that, by God's grace, is all I've tried to do. And that, by God's grace, is all we are called to do, is just be the creatures he called us to be. You see, sheepdogs come, and sheepdog goes. And we all know at this church, for those of us who stayed a long time, the sheep come and the sheep go. But you know who doesn't go? The shepherd. We have a good shepherd. We have a great shepherd. Not only is a great teacher, not only is he gracious, he is a shepherd who laid down his life for us. Amen? And so some will be sheep, and some will be sheepdogs. We all come, we all go, but there is one who will never, ever leave or forsake us. Jesus Christ, the King of kings, and the Lord of lords. Let's pray. God, I ask that you etch this story indelibly in our heads. All of us, we at times carry this weight that you've never asked us to carry. All you ask us to be is to be faithful to the shepherd. And even then, we have such a stinking hard time with that. God, we thank you that you're such a good shepherd. We thank you for all the ways that you have redeemed us. We're sorry for how long it's taken us to come and allow you to lead us. But when we do, Lord, it's the greatest gift and grace we could ever imagine. We thank you, Lord, in your name. Amen.